Unwinding Loons, Caulk Like Coffee, and the 100-word story. It's all part of Kwame & Company. We haven't had a 100-word story for a while. We'll have to dredge those up again. It's been a bit. Yeah. Maybe uh, we could shorten some of the longer stories for a bit. So this is Kwame & Company podcast number 20. Is it? Yeah. 2-0. Oh. If my, if my uh, calculations are The math are is correct. right. Because <laughs> last week it was 18 and 19. 19. So okay. we're, we're right. good to go. Number 20. And I, I couldn't think of anything more appropriate to start us out with than uh, this little feature here. The moment I noticed I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Perfect. Okay. Okay. That's those, those little <laughs> things in life. You think you're doing pretty good. You know? Uh-huh. Oh, things yeah. I've been right there. Along, and then all of a sudden, like dirt. The moment I realized I wasn't as smart as I thought. This is when someone told me they had the same name as me. And I said, really? What's your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can Do you, see. I don't know. I think that'd be kind of like just testing you. Yeah. What is your, what do you think my name right. is? But it, you know, you That's shouldn't funny. have to say that, but. Right. Uh, there's another one here. This is uh, this comes from Reddit.com. I was shopping for clothes when I spotted someone I recognized. We made eye contact and smiled at each other. I was it was just then that I realized I was walking toward a full length mirror. Oh, that person looks familiar. You don't recognize yourself. That is some duncey move well, right there. Uh, sometimes we have uh, self images that are quite different than what the actual. <laughs> Vaguely familiar, but okay. mm. this is uh, this is uh, after a conversation with my boss. Okay, the boss or the 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 employee says, "I will be in late tomorrow. I have a doctor's appointment." The boss says, "Is everything okay?" And you respond, "Yes." Why do you ask? <laughs> <laughs> oh well, you just told me. Yeah, funny. Uh, I said, I'm consistent, just not all the time. And it really had to be pointed out to me <laughs> right. what the problem in that was. Okay. So the moment I noticed, I'm not as smart as I thought I was. Mm. Now, now uh, this whole podcast, we most of the podcast is you talking to the author of our book of the month. Perfect. Which, uh, and I forget her name, Wilden Camper. Wilden Berger? Wilden... Hold on. Okay. Wildenberg. Wildenberg. Yeah, Lori right. Wildenberg. Lori Wildenberg uh, about uh, Messy Hope. And uh, she sounded like um, a very interesting person. She was. Extremely nice. Full of information. Yeah. Yeah. She, she's done stuff with Focus on the Family as well. Made me feel super comfortable doing an interview. Yeah. Groovy. <laughs> because, you know, that's the interviewee's well, job, right? Of course. Make the interviewer feel <laughs> better about themselves <laughs> yeah oh that's almost a moment i noticed i'm not as smart as i thought uh -huh. not quite not quite all right well let's go to that interview then this is from uh, orlando when we were at the uh, national religious broadcasters convention mm -hmm. you're listening to 91.5 and 102.7 the word today our subject is a little bit heavy quite prevalent in our society 
This book is called Messy Hope, written by Lori Wildenberg. I have Lori here with me, and we are talking hope today, which I love. This is one of my favorite subjects. It needs to be talked about more. When you have anxiety and you have the darkness, that hope and light, do you think Jeremiah 29, 11 comes into play at all with this? God has good things for us, yes? He does. He has good things for us. And that's something that we actually need to remember and to encourage our kiddos, that hope in a future. What has been kind of lacking in young people growing up today is they feel as though they have no purpose. And purpose is one of the things that weaves into hope. Resiliency is, is critical. I mean, we talk about resiliency a lot. But we need more than that. Because if you, if you think of an elastic band, you know, you pull it and you stretch it and you stretch it, and pretty soon it's not too elastic anymore. And that's really how resiliency operates. It's pretty good at first, you pull it and you pull it, but if it just keeps getting pulled, you need something else. You need hope. That's what we're going to talk about today because our kids need hope, hope for a future. What is your book? What is Messy Hope? The full title is Messy Hope, Help Your Child Overcome Anxiety, Depression, or Suicidal Ideation. And I'm sad the book is needed, honestly. It's one of those things where you think, I never thought I'd write a book on that. My youngest daughter, while she was in her last year of college, she ended up getting into a very deep depression and then did attempt to take her life. And then a few years later, she wrote a blog about not to be afraid to ask for help and that it's okay. And that blog went out to people of her peers and, you know, young adults. And God prodded me that parents needed to know how they could help their kids overcome this or even prevent some things. So my daughter actually helped me with the book in a, a big way. So that's why Messy Hope came to be because of a personal experience, a hard thing. But now, as God does, takes our hard things and helps us help somebody else. That's why he gives us those things, so we can pass that on to other people. We are talking Messy Hope with Lori Wildenberg. I hope I'm saying your name correctly. You're saying it exactly right. I'm so impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Lori, so much for speaking with us. You're listening to 91.5 and 102.7, The Word. How can we get this book, Messy Hope? Oh, yeah, thanks for asking. So you can go on to any online store. Um, and if it is not in your brick-and-mortar store, you can always ask them to order it. Messy Hope, help your child overcome anxiety, depression, or suicidal ideation. And there are like 125 ways to help your kids. Wow. That's Messy Hope by Lori Wildenberg. Thank you, Lori. You're listening to 91.5 and 102.7, The Word. Bottom of the column news, our panel of experts, and the Swirl Master 2000, all part of Kwame and Company on 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Do, 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 do. This is Kwame and Company podcast number 20. They said you'll never get all out of the single digits. They said you'll never get into the teens. They said. They said. They said it'll be fun. 
start a podcast. Yeah. Who is that? <laughs> Who are those people? Yeah, right. <laughs> well, it's kind of fun, but, uh, you know, anyway, <laughs> more work than we thought, but it was right. kind of fun. Uh, so podcast number 20, and uh, you can you can get it, uh, well, I don't know how you, you got it. You you may get it through your normal podcast, you know, you just uh, go searching for podcasts, or you could get it on our on our app, the word at the word.mn, or uh, there's a link on the website, on the front page there right. for the program links. At the word.mn. That, yeah, funny how it all works together. How it's amazing. Okay, blustering about the weather. Minnesota's favorite pastime from Minnesotans complaining about the weather. And here's a whole bunch of weather stories about odd, unusual weather stuff that happens. Okay. All right. Have you ever heard of a lightning sprite? No. It says here, now this is written by Caitlin Stahl Paquette. She's a highfalutin uh, author. I noticed. I mean, I thought I knew what a sprite was. I thought those were like the little woodland fairy little type woodland things. Woodland creatures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, maybe it came from this. Uh, this is common in the Midwest. I've heard of this before, and I've heard different names attached to it. It's with uh, lightning, um, uh, makes the sky glow with jellyfish-like shapes during a thunderstorm. Oh. That'd be kind of creepy. Mm. The crimson lights are produced by electrical discharges in the middle region of the atmosphere known as the mesosphere. Tall buildings are especially prone to lightning strikes, so skyscrapers are equipped with lightning rods to safely dissipate the energy if they hit. Uh, Chicago's Willis Tower, that used to be known as the Sears Tower, uh, between uh, 2015 and 2020, how many times do you think the Sears Tower gets hit by lightning? 150. Yeah, you're on the right track, but 250 times in that five-year period. Wow. That's got to be loud. 50 times a year. When the building gets hit by lightning, Mm -hmm. especially if you're in an upper floor there. Oh, wait. You said since what? 2017? Uh, 15 to 20. Oh, okay. So in five years. Five years. So it was 50. 50 times a year. Wow. Yeah. Boom. That'd be terrible. Uh, Every year... Uh, this is more weather stories, kind of blustering mm-hmm. about the weather. Every year, 1,200 or so tornadoes are reported in the U.S. That's 75% of all the tornadoes in the world. Why are we so lucky? Just the perfect storm. I guess we're a small enough country that you get it from both. Uh, you well, have that middle. The... I don't know. I, I don't have know. no idea. I don't what know. causes I mean... a tornado? Uh, the warm and the cold, isn't it? Meeting? <laughs> I don't know. Thunderstorms, I guess. I thought it was the warm and the cold when they meet together. Yeah, that's what the uh, yeah, yeah. And the so it doesn't happen anywhere else? They don't have that? I don't, I don't know. Pressure? It's, well, hey, there's a question for Pat. Pat, why do we have tornadoes? In, why do we have 75% of the tornadoes in the U.S.? I think it has to do with it's a, a large landmass. But I don't know why Russia wouldn't have tornadoes then. Cause it, but we're a big north to south, aren't we? Hmm? Aren't we bigger north to south? No. No? I don't think so. Closer but, to the equator? Uh, 75% of all the tornadoes in the world, uh, and most of them in Tornado Alley, Alley. Right. which runs vertically through the middle of the country from South Dakota to Texas, bears the brunt of the tornadoes. The Lone Star State is hit most frequency, uh, frequently, averaging 137 tornadoes a year. But neighboring state, Oklahoma, 
holds the biggest the record for the biggest twister ever. And this was in uh, 2013, a 2.6 mile wide tornado. That's, oh. uh, yeah, that's, uh, it'd be hard to outrun that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> um, it moved through El Reno, Oklahoma at a never before seen ground speed of 295 miles oh an hour. Oh my goodness, when was that, did it, it say? Was in 2013. Wow. So it was uh, 10 years ago. There was a there was a time that a tornado hit while people were watching uh, the movie with Helen Hunt. Yeah, that was the me. tornado movie. Well, uh, I, I we were doing that. We were in a theater watching Tornado or what? It was, that, that wasn't the that wasn't the name of the Twister. movie. Twister. Twister. That's it. And uh, we're thinking, man, these sound effects are good. It almost feels you can almost feel the rumbling. <laughs> In your chest, you know, like, yeah, and uh, that siren sounds especially real. And finally, yeah. somebody opens up the door in the back, you know, ah, we'll have to move to a place of safety, <laughs> which there wasn't really. I mean, what we stood in the hallway because that was right. the most, uh, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was a little weird. <laughs> Man, it's Go so figure. real, it's so yeah. realistic. Uh, well, we'll have some more of these uh, blustering about extreme weather. Now, you're not done talking to the author of the book of the month, right? Nope. Okay. More <laughs> coming up here on The Word. You're listening to 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. We're talking Messy Hope with Lori Wildenberg. Messy Hope, this is a book for parents. This is about children that are suffering, helping them to overcome depression and anxiety breaking through those barriers, those stigmatisms that people think about kids. I had a child at church tell me, she's like, well, I suffer from anxiety and depression. I I, I want to say she's 11. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, that was pretty brave of you to even say, but how do you, I mean, as not the parent, what can I do to speak more into her life so she knows that, hey, there's not just your parents that are there for you. As a ch- another church member, hey, I'm, I'm here. What can I do for you? Because I don't know what to do. <laughs> First of all, I love it that she said that to you. She, she must really trust you to be able to say that. And isn't that great that the stigma, she's not noticing that. It's like, hey, I have a broken arm. Right. Right? Yes. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And shouldn't we look at it like that? Shouldn't we just think, okay, you know, a mental, a mental health struggle or a physical health struggle, neither one should have any sort of anything attached to it. And I think in the Christian community, we've done a bit of a disservice because we've taken certain scriptures and, you know, like, don't worry about anything, right? But the reason that scripture is written is because we worry about everything. And it's important for us to be able to address that. And you think of like so many of our biblical heroes suffered from some sort of a mental health issue. David had depression. Job understandably was depressed, you know. And then you look at, and I believe Timothy, um, when Paul was writing to Timothy, I think Timothy suffered from anxiety. And we don't know, you know, what Paul's thorn in the side was. We don't know what that was. It could very well have been some sort of a mental health thing. So for you, the way that you responded was awesome. You encouraged her by saying, that is so brave, you told me. And, And for her to know that there are people that can help. 
her family can help, her friends can help, other adults, professionals, to get rid of the stigma so that they know that help is available and it's important to seek it. It's not only important, it's critical and it's very brave. It's a brave thing to do to let people know this. Whenever somebody says, I, I'm depressed, and then you hear somebody's comment, well, just think of all the good things you have. That's, it, it's, it seems so simplified to me, and it's like, unless you've suffered from depression, which I have not, but I know it's not as simple as that. I know people that have suffered from depression. I know that it's not just count your blessings and everything's going to be fine. How do you help somebody understand that it's not as simple as that? That's a really great question, and so often we, what we want to do is make it better really fast. Mm -hmm. And to make it really better really fast is to say, hey, it could be better, it could be worse, or look at your blessings, right? Those I call hope busters. Those are two hope busters. <laughs> so we want to be a hope builder. Rather than say those sort of things, having the compassion and to listen and to sit down Jesus says, in this world, you will have trouble. He tells it like it is, but then he doesn't leave us there. He says, take heart, I have overcome the world. Now, when we're talking perspective, like look at your blessings or it could be worse, those are things that you could do on the front end before you're actually having someone who's struggling. That, you know, you can start training in, you know, this is just... In this world, you're going to have trouble, and some's big trouble, and some's not as big. You know, some trouble isn't as big. So to prepare our kids in that regard and let them know that trouble is temporary, and Scripture tells us it's temporary. It's not always going to be like that. So trouble is temporary. We can take heart. We can have hope. And in the middle of that struggle, we can find hope. And as you were saying, that hope for a future. Our kids need to know that their life is purposeful and they were created on purpose and they were born for a purpose. And I think if those are some things that we can continue to infuse into our kids, we're going to see a little bit less of what's going on now. And there's also what, what I would say, social media we really do have to be very careful with and that can really be a catalyst for really triggering people into a difficult time to especially monitor that with your kids and talk about hey everyone's showing their highlight reels and we don't know what happened before the picture we don't know what happened after the picture but it's very hard when they can see like a group of people have gotten together and they weren't a part of it you know, and it's all over social media. Those are really hard things to navigate. But having that opportunity to really sit down and talk with your kids, I think is really important to unpack it. Thank you, Lori, so much for speaking with us. You're listening to 91.5 and 102.7, The Word. How can we get this book, Messy Hope? So you can go on to any online store. And if it is not in your brick-and-mortar store, you can always ask them to order it. Messy Hope, help your child overcome anxiety, depression, or suicidal ideation. And there are like 125 ways to help your kids. That's Messy Hope by Lori Wildenberg. Thank you, Lori. You're listening to 91.5 and 102.7, The Word.
Kwame and Company, focusing on closet vision, comfort food, pirates on the prairie, and Pat's gut. It lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. It energizes me and just helps me get through the day. Thanks. Okay, now, uh, last time, uh, uh, this is Kwame Company podcast number 20. Last time we talked, we were talking about uh, extreme weather and the movie Twister. Those guys in Twister, they were storm chasers. They were. I used to do that in a local kind of way when I was working with, in news in Fargo-Moorhead. And Val used to really hate this because whenever... <laughs> <laughs> Whenever we had Can't bad weather, why. I would call them and tell, them, tell her to take the kids and go in the basement. And then you'd go chase the I'd go tornado. I'd go looking for funnel clouds, yeah. Yeah. And uh, one time, you know, Fargo Moore is pretty flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, so overpasses are the, you know, about Only, the highest thing. Right. So that was my favorite. And they all, all the tornadoes tend to, and this is this is a true thing, they tend to track the same place. Right. So in, in Fargo, they'd come in from the northwest and they'd go past the right through the fairgrounds, of course. <laughs> if they need to move the fairgrounds. <laughs> I mean, every time. And it, it's always during the week of the fair, the Red River Valley Fair. Mm. Oh, there's a tornado tracking. Oh, not again. <laughs> I don't know that it ever hit the fairground, but it, uh, it you know, floated over. You know, like, right. You know, yep. So I'd go out on the northwest end of town on an overpass. And be sitting there waiting. And there'd be other people. There were Skywarn people out there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I remember one time we were standing up there looking up. There's a cloud. And then the whole cloud starts going around in a circle. And you think, hmm. Oh, <laughs> right above us. Not the place in, when, the, when the weather spotter guy ran off and jumped in his car and took <laughs> off. <you> know, <laughs> maybe we'll move this time. Well, you know, they weren't just regular storm chasers in Twister. They were, like, trying to find out. like scientific how, storm chasers. Right. They, they, were, they trying were trying to have stuff sucked up into the storm. Right. Little, they made I, was, little, I love that movie. Little deals out of uh, Coke cans with yeah. uh, propellers on them. That mm-hmm. would, well, they, that's what they used for the, the propellers. The sensors would, mm-hmm. yeah. So the sensors ah, would now get I sucked like up into the I see that cloud. again. I know. It's been a while since I've seen it. And there was one part in there where they sang, uh, cow. We have a cow in there. Yeah. A cow flying by. <laughs> okay. Storm chasers, uh, despite the danger, apparently deaths are rare among storm chasers. Apparently. They know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. Or, you know, uh, God has favor on them somehow. Right. <laughs> it's, it's not the end of your life. <laughs> right. In spite of the dumb things you're doing out here. <laughs> <laughs> These extreme weather bugs gather invaluable meteorological data and get a pretty good adrenaline boost as well, probably. Probably. And it's, I think that's why they do it. Mm-hmm. You'll never guess what I did yesterday. <laughs> right. You can stream their spectacular videos that they capture on platforms like Weather Spy. Oh. I have to try some of these. Girls Who Chase, founded by the extreme weather lovers, Jen Walton and Melanie Metz inspired and educate women to head out into the eye of the storm to pursue careers in science. I can think of other ways to pursue a career in yep, science. Yep, me too. Like Safely what a in a laboratory. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay, tornadoes. Um, yeah, let's see. What else? Oh, yeah, intense heat. 
plenty of that should come up this year. Right. Things. This is. These are things to bluster about in extreme weather. Intense heat. Um, heat waves can melt power lines. That'd be bad. Can you imagine? And buckle railway tracks. Oh yeah. Which happened last year in the United Kingdom. People also tend to lose their cool during hot weather. Studies show that violent spikes as our bodies heat up, possibly due to a drop in ser, uh, ser, serotonin, serotonin, oh, serotonin, <laughs> serotonin, and the increase in testosterone, which can make people more aggressive. Well, the heat increases your tertos, testosterone. testosterone. Oh. I guess. These weird things. I did not know this. All right, one more thing about weather, and this, and this is something you probably haven't heard of because I definitely haven't heard of it. Uh, Mongolia's weather. Nope, not familiar with <laughs> not, that. I should have that pop up on my uh, uh, <laughs> weather. W- weather morning weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, southern like province. Mongolia. Dorno Dornogovia Dornogovi Dornagovi. Well, anyway. This is southern Mongolia, experienced a record 20-hour sandstorm in 2021. That would take the paint off your car. That'd be disgusting. 20 hours. You know, that was the the worst thing about being in southern Minnesota, all the little dirt roads. was just, you could just imagine it. So we were in a truck, which is one thing. Yeah. But every time you touch the truck door or anything, you'd edit. So your hair felt disgusting. Yeah. I can't even imagine being in the buggy, being the Amish people. Oh, yeah. And there, being in the buggy. And the buggy wheels really kick it up, I would imagine, well, too. The cars driving past him at 50 oh, miles well, an yeah, hour. Oh, yeah, that would do it, yeah. It's just yeah. dust everywhere because it's so dry. Well, out there in Mongolia, storms occur as a strong wind sweep across the desert oh, and then get to uh-huh. southern Mongolia. <laughs> they sometimes call something called blood rain. This sounds fun, huh? Oh. It's a reddish precipitation from dust carried from the Sahara sure. Desert, mixing with water before falling back to Earth. Mm. Okay. This rare event occurred in the sky over Spain in 2022. It went all the way from the desert to Spain and dropped blood rain. Okay. Sometimes I think God has a sense of humor with some of these weather things. That, uh, what in the world is this all about? Hey, we, we didn't go do through all of them, so we might do some more later on. Uh, now, you're talking to a very interesting guest today on uh, podcast number 20. Lori Wildenberg. Mm-hmm. She wrote Messy Hope, our book of the month for September. Excellent. We are talking with Lori Wildenberg on her book, Messy Hope. And I, I wanted to ask you, I, I, we have friends of our family. The mom has an eight-year-old that has contemplated suicide. What would you say to her? Because I have a feeling she's got a lot of guilt, uh, probably a lot of self-blame. As a mom who had a daughter that's been through this, what would you say? Well, we can always learn a new way, right? Mm -hmm. And just like I needed to learn some different strategies so that I could help my daughter. You know, ultimately, my daughter needed to be able to grab a hold of that hope and that help and move forward and I do think prayer and there's so many there's so many cogs to the wheel when you're thinking of of mental health and we we want to find someone or something to blame so either we can figure out how to fix it 
or we can alleviate ourselves of some of that, that guilt. Well, no one does it perfectly. Our kids are growing up in a really hard world. One in four kiddos struggle with this. And when I was working on my book, I discovered even five-year-olds are experiencing anxiety and depression. It is a crisis. It is a crisis. So we need to know how to navigate that better and how to encourage our kids. Um, and I think one of the biggest ways is to take shame away from getting help. I think that's one of the most important things. Um, another way is prior to them actually getting into, you know, the, the feelings of, you know, depression or anxiety, if, as we had talked about a little bit earlier, we could sort of give them a little bit more of an out-of-the-box perspective like, hey, you know, I'm going through this, but here this person's got this struggle. This person has another struggle that isn't as big. We all have something that we need to navigate. So to normalize the struggle, I think, is important. And also to kind of give up a little bit of a, um, a perspective on that struggle, that post-struggle, what did we learn? But again, that's something that's better to do on the front end. Um, and then I also think that I, you know, I kind of touched on prayer, praying for and with your kids, I think is also important. Um, when we weave spiritual things and we have to be careful not to either over-spiritualize something or to give a platitude. We want to deal with reality. And one of the things that really surprised me is that reality is more important than positivity reality is much more important than positivity and so we can put a positive spin on something but what we need to do is also give the reality yeah this is hard and you might be experiencing some big bumps thank you so much Lori Wildenberg for being with me today this your book is called messy hope you can go online find this book I think this would be not only a great book for parents but also people that work in children's ministry. If you're involved in any way with kids, this would be a very helpful book to help you understand how to help kids through this sad and crazy times for our kids. Anybody involved with kids would, would benefit from this book. Thank, thank you so much. It was a joy to be here. You're listening to 91.5 and 102.7 The Word. Well, that's about it for podcast number 20, Kwame and Company podcast number 20. And I talked to Dave with our rival podcast uh, from The Pulse. <laughs> we started after him and we've surged well past him in the number of podcasts. Nice. Because well, I think he's doing one a week. So we're doing double that. Right. Which means we got the next podcast coming out uh, sometime later this week. Friday. Is it Friday? Okay. Yes. Tuesday Tuesdays and, Friday. and Fridays are when the, the podcast. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right, so uh, on, coming up on uh, number 21, uh, Jerry on being likable, uh, flight crew chatter, why do dogs sniff the things that they sniff? <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> this is scientific information on sniffing dogs and um, the men's retreat at Camp Jim. So all kinds of stuff coming up on podcast 21. I'm going to be there. You're going to be there? I'll be there. All right. 